This is the show for those who want to live strong in business, life, and family. Welcome to the Warrior Her Podcast. My name is Terry Gioma, and I am the founder of Invest with Terry and the Trade and Travel Investing Program. I started out as just a regular girl trying to just do her, I would say nine to five, but everybody knows that there's no such thing as a nine to five, or at least for me, there's never been. Um, I was in education for a while, I was in consulting for a while, and at the end of the day, I just found that nothing, nothing was ever fun. None of those jobs ever felt good. I was always stressed. I was always trying to like prove myself to be somebody that they wanted me to be. I felt like I had to like give up my passions to fit into their boxes and it just never worked out. And the ultimate culmination of that was when I was an assistant principal about three years ago, ending in 2017, where just nothing I did was right. It always felt like they were they were trying to show me why I wasn't good enough, even to the point of like I would do these big projects and she'd come back with something petty like, well, the thumbtack isn't right. Or did you know that the, the microwave wasn't clean? And I was like, when did my job become the janitor's job? But anyway, <laughs> um, so I needed an exit strategy. And for me, I, I found stock investing to be my exit strategy. And somebody's going to ask me, well, Terry, how in the world did you go from education to stocks? And the truth of the matter is I had interned on Wall Street in college. My senior year in college, I had worked at Morgan Stanley and been introduced. There was a program called SEO, if anybody ever heard of that, Sponsorship of Educational Opportunities. And they had minority students go and work on Wall Street. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, my gosh, there's this brand new world that I have never, ever seen before. And that opened my mind to there's some people out here making money in stocks. So while I was in education, I still invested, but I did it as a hobby and as a side hustle. And when I got to a chance where I needed an exit strategy, I said, I can do this full time. All I need to do is make three hundred dollars a day to replace my income. And that's what I did. I worked myself up to making small amounts of money every day, consistent income so that I could replace my income. And that's what I teach students how to do now. Now I've gone from making $300 a day up to $1,000 a day to $100,000 a day to today making over $200,000 in a day trading stocks. And it is something where I truly believe that we're able to start building wealth and changing lives when we learn this skill set. So that's me. I'm the founder of Invest with Terry, and you can find me at investwithterry.com. So if we just rewind a little bit, how did you end up in education? So great question. I ended up in education by working first in consulting. So after MIT, I had I told you I interned on Wall Street, but I was like, nah, this ain't for me. I don't want to be in a cubicle all day, 24 hours a day. So I'm going to go to consulting, which little did I know, you're still working in a cubicle 24 hours a day. But the the thought in my head was we got to at least travel. So I wouldn't be in the same office as a consultant. And one of our customers just happened to be Teach for America. 
talk to my company about wanting to do something different. I work for TFA, that's Detroit America. They, we have a lot of, I worked for a company called Monitor Group at the time. We have a lot of monitor consultants that have gone over to Teach for America. Why don't you go and work with them? So I went and worked with their administrative department, and I worked on the team that helped do, we call them institutes, where we train the teachers. And so I helped build the institutes and do like the operations to hire the staff and different things like that. And that got me into this whole new world of education equality and the fact that education is just not equal. Like it's not equal from the students in lower income areas are just not getting the same education as students in higher income areas. And so that was like the whole goal of Teach for America. And I love that. So for for about 10 years of my life, I was very much all about education equal, equality. Um, I went from Teach for America, actually went to grad school in seminary because I wanted to learn the Bible. We can talk about that too. Whole nother <laughs> thing. Um but then ended up going to Chicago, working in an after school ministry that also worked with that same population of kids and underserved uh, communities. And then um, ended up going to found a school with KIPP. And KIPP also serves underserved communities. But this time I got to be back in Dallas and help my own, own students in my city. So that's kind of how I like my trajectory in education. Have you ever thought about or currently maybe you already do teach stocks I do to high schoolers oh no (laughs) (laughs) so have I ever thought about teaching training to high schoolers well okay so the truth is I did do like a little program there's a program in one of the suburbs the south suburbs here in Dallas called treasured ladies and great program you'll definitely check it out but it was at Cedar Hill High School and they were helping high schoolers um, to become better. So I did do a program with them. And honestly, they were some of the best students I've ever had. Um, But I will tell you the truth. I'm more of an admin person and I love teaching adults. I love teaching young adults, even in ministry. I was going to be like a young adult pastor. I ended up being a middle school pastor, which was the weirdest. because I was like, I don't like kids, but in But um, I I light up when I'm able to help adults because I feel like then I'm helping the whole family. So I'm more of a stock teacher to adults. But I, I will say those students in high school were some of my best students ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you're in education. You're not loving it. How do you make that jump then from officially from teaching or being an assistant principal to, all right, this is it. You said you slowly had little goals and you started making, were you trading? Actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to go backwards. Were you trading with like those um, paper money programs to build up? So to be honest, when I first started, I just took all the risk. I went straight into trading my own money which turned out to be not the best idea because I ended up losing a lot of money in the beginning. But I'm one of those people that I'm all in. I'm either all in or I'm all out. So I first started trading with my retirement. I had a a 401k at every company that I had worked for. So I moved that into a self-directed IRA. And And it actually was a pretty substantial fund because in each job they had like matched my 
like matched my giving. So by the time I got it all together, it was about 16,000 in the beginning and then even grew to like 35,000. But I first started investing with my retirement. And I started actually going to some classes. Like in the beginning, I've been trading for 10 years now. So the first six years while it was a hobby, I was trying to figure it out on my own. I was watching Jim Cramer on CNBC and trying to figure it out. And honestly, that wasn't working. I was losing a lot of money. But when I got serious about it being an exit strategy, I started taking classes and learning from experts who actually were successful traders. And that's how I really do think you start building your your income and building your knowledge. So I started taking some classes from them. And that's when I started seeing, okay, I can have some consistent returns and started making my own trading plan. And so we've talked about the stock market, but for people who are listening, including myself, can you tell me the difference between buying stocks versus trading options? (laughs) So, okay. So I think what you're trying to ask me is what is the difference between buying stocks and trading, but they're actually the same thing. Trading is buying stocks. You're just doing it more actively. So, and so some people confuse this and they say, well, there's a difference between investing and trading. It's not. Investing is you buy a stock or a share of a company and you're going to wait for that share to appreciate and then you're selling it. It's really that simple. Um, And there's actually there's so many other ways to make it even like more robust. But at the very crux, like the very core of investing, you're buying a share of a company, letting it appreciate and then selling it at a higher price. Just the same way that you would be doing in real estate investing. You buy a house, let it appreciate and you sell it higher. So it's, it's that simple. But then the thing is, well, how long are you keeping that investment? If you're keeping it for a long time, like more than a year, then they call that long-term investing because you're holding that stock and letting it appreciate over a year. If you're someone like me or like a, a real estate flipper that's like buying a house and then fixing it and flipping it really fast, I'm an active investor. I might hold that stock a day to a couple of weeks to like a month at, at max, really. But that's just my style of trading. I'm an active investor. And for the IRS, they say, OK, if you're an active investor, what does that mean to them? It means that you're someone who is investing for income. You're actually trading actively so that you can have income that you use right now. So that's really all the, all the difference is. OK. And how much does it take for the average person to get started? I think anyone that's trying to get started with investing in general, like you first have to have enough to open a brokerage account. A brokerage account is what you use to invest, like to buy shares. It's not you can't buy them in your regular checking account or your regular um, savings account. You need an actual bank account that's called a brokerage account at an at a broker. So that's like a Merrill Lynch or I use one called TradeStation or E-Trade, you know, Robinhood, those are brokers, places where you can buy and sell shares of companies. So you have to open an account and then how much it takes to get started is going to depend on how much it costs to open an account. At TradeStation, for my students, it cost us $500 to open an account. So that's how much they need to get started. When they open that account, though, they can then go and trade in a simulated account with fake money. And I actually tell them that's the best way to start. Don't be like me. I just jumped in, put all my money and was like, let's see if it works. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, I think people, as you're learning to trade in a simulated account, start seeing consistency, start seeing some gains, have some losses. You're 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 not going to win every time in trading like you will have some losses, too. 
have those losses, experience that, see what it feels like emotionally to lose, like, and then get back up and try again. But all of that you can do in your SIM account and then start moving over to real money. When you're in your real money account, the way that I trade, which is different than other people, but I use something called margin, which ampl amplifies the amount of cash in my account. You, for, for a trade station, you have to have at least $2,000 in your account in order to start using margin. But when you have that $2,000, they allow you to trade with a buying power of $8,000. So I usually sell people around $2,000 is a good place if you're thinking about like, okay, well, once I finish your class, where do I go? That's a next goal, a good next goal. And do you think that there should be a, a different amount depending on your goal? Like if you just want to be a part-time kind of extra income or versus someone who wants to completely replace their income? Great question. I do think that there's different amounts depending on your goal. So in my class, what I tell my students, because, you know, it's, it's you just need something to be able to do a formula. I say that their personal goal should be to make about 1% of their cash amount. And I usually say each day, but honestly, it's when you trade. So like if I'm taking a trade, I want that trade to yield at least 1% of my cash amount. So what does that mean? That means if I'm trading with Twenty with two thousand dollars, I'm trying to make twenty dollars. If I'm trading with ten thousand dollars, I'm trying to make a hundred dollars. So if you're doing that on like a regular basis, then hey, a hundred dollars a day is actually five hundred dollars a week, two thousand a month. That's good money, and that's actually a twenty percent return on ten thousand dollars, which is honestly quite high. That's a big goal. If you even if you don't reach it and just get halfway there, you're still beating the market, right? But that's a good way to try to think about like if you have a goal, say that your cash amount should be your goal divided by 1%, which is 0 0.01. That'll help you determine how much cash you need. Have you had any students who realized that this wasn't a path for them or that they just were too afraid maybe to continue moving forward after a loss? Great question. So have I had any students that felt like this wasn't for them? Yeah, I'm sure I have. Um, <laughs> I know that's not what you're expecting me to say, but yes, like trading takes time. It's a lot of work. Um, and I and I won't say it's like hard work in terms of like you're moving boxes, but it does take time to learn. I compare it to becoming like a doctor. You're not going to learn how to be a doctor overnight. First, you have to get the education, then you have to go to residency and start practicing, and then you actually have to, to do the real thing. Then you become tenured and you start working with, with patients. That's kind of similar to trading. First, you get the education, then you have to practice. And like for me, practicing is taking trades, watching the market, looking at the news. You got to practice. And then when you're really good, that's when you can start becoming more consistent and trading on a regular basis. So I'm sure there are students that have decided, like, I'm so excited I got this skill, but it's not for me. Trading is also very emotional. It's it's one of the only jobs where you have, like, a 50% chance of being right or wrong with any trade. Um, but I do think that no matter what, they've all, all said that they're so happy they learned the skill. At least now they have the skill set for whenever they want to use it in the rest of their life. And I think what's so powerful about you is the fact that not only are you a woman, but you are a black woman teaching something that, in my opinion, has been 
predominantly white males. So there was no, to me, there was no interest in stocks or the stock market and probably just due to the way I grew up as well. But it fascinated me when I found you because you're like, I'm sure there's a few other black women in the field, but have you met anyone else (laughs) that's like you, you know? Yeah, there's a very small group of us, especially traders that are actively investing. I know a lot of um, financial people, and then I know several like black women in finance and especially online education. But a lot of times they focus more on the longer term investing, on the buy and hold strategy, or they might do more ETFs. ETFs is like a where you you get a group of a group of stocks instead of individual companies. And you can you're still able to buy it like a stock, but like there's sector ETFs where they follow all of energy or all of healthcare. And those are good, but many times it's it's even better when you can actually pick a stock in that sector and then really go for that one. But there's very few of us that that actively trade and teach other people. And how do you help people who are fearful of investing in stocks? So, well, Courtney, I have to ask you. So your question, um, it kind of it kind of signifies that or I don't know if I'm using the right word, but it has in it that there will be fear. And I think that when you're coming into trading, like every everything that you do, there's a risk. There's a risk in everything. There's a risk in buying a house. There's a risk in going to work. If you go to work today and you're an essential worker, there's a risk you're going to get sick. Like there's always going to be a risk. So you can't come into it thinking like, well, the worst. Like you can invest and it'll be a great thing. So I just want to I just want to say like on the front end, like, yes, there will be fear. Yes, people will be afraid. If you're too afraid, don't do it. But if you know that this is a great great thing that can help build your portfolio, those are the people that I think dive in because it's the best thing that you can do for your money. Like there's no other way to make make significant gains. Your savings account won't do it. Right now, if you're in like if you're in savings, the interest rates keep going down. So like there's no other way that you're gonna build wealth to where you want to be unless you're investing. Yeah, I think it's just important to highlight, you know, I I feel that as a woman who opened a business also, and I get this question often from people who listen to the show or are interested in starting a business or starting something new, how do you get over that fear? And I ask almost all of my guests the same question because I just feel like there's no one way. And a lot of times the theme is that you, you fail forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I- and you go ahead. You just do it. You know, it's, it, I don't think anything that's worth it is ever not scary. So true. I totally agree. Everything is going to be like, you're going to be afraid in everything. So you just got to do it afraid. That's what I do. Like, there's times where I take a trade and I'm like, oh my gosh, but those are some of my best trades ever. You just got to do it afraid. And you, so you start teaching, how soon after you were full-time as an investor, did you start teaching? 
after okay so i left my job in 2017 and then i started traveling all around the world so i was in like south korea for a year vietnam for a year a month <laughs> vietnam for a month i was in um, thailand for a month so i just was living my best best life i came back in january of 2018 and then started like I was back in seminary finishing up my master's degree and my friends were asking me like to teach them how to trade because they had seen me on Instagram and I had done a couple classes while I was abroad like I did one in Thailand and I did one in Vietnam and I had put it on Instagram so my first major class was in May of 2018 so about a little less than a year from when I had started traveling and you talk about four main topics that you teach in your course. Can you can you talk about that? Sure. So the first thing I think that's important when you're getting started is that you're you have to learn how to pick good companies. Then from there, you have to figure out how to manage your risk, because that's for all those, those that are afraid. There's actually ways to protect yourself from losing. So there's ways to put in stop losses, ways to, and it's not that you will never lose. It's just that like you'll go into the trade knowing that I'm going to take a trade that has three times my reward to risk. So I have three times the chance of being successful on this trade and making a profit than my risk. Um, so there's a big risk management plan you have to put in place. Then we learn how to, to read charts. So when we're looking at charts, we're trying to figure out where price is going and where's the best place to get into the trade. So I think technical analysis is what it's called when you read charts. That's really important. And then finally, there's the thing of putting it all into a trading plan. So consistency comes when you're able to do the same steps every time you take a trade. And so that's like I have a seven step trading plan that I call the IWT method. And that's like what my students and I are doing every time we take a, a trade. So those are like the first four. Then we keep going to more advanced things like shorting, like how do you make money when the stock market comes down? Or um, how do you look at gaps in Globex trading? So recently there was this, you know, a lot of news that the airlines were starting to have more passengers. So all the airlines jumped up overnight. How do you play that stock so or play that trade so that you're making money? Um, actually, can you believe I made $600,000 in that trade? I was like, are you serious? It's, yeah, but there's like you can do really crazy stuff with with investing once you learn how to do those things. And then we move into options, which is a different asset class. So it's just a amplified way of trading stocks. And why do you think it's important that people learn this skill to build wealth? I think that. Like there's so many things that are issues in the United States and around the world because of of not having equal wealth distributed equally. I think a lot of the things that are happening in our world today are because different races are not seen equally. And I think the only way that we're going to get on an equal playing field is if we start building wealth. So that's why I think it's important. I think that this is investing is one way that we're really going to become equal. And how can you scale your teaching business? Like, do you imagine ever having, you know, other traders that can also like 
work with you and teach? Maybe. So we introduced some instructional coaches this year so that I could have more coaching calls for my course. And now the trade and travel program has now become evergreen. So people can take it at any time. All of the curriculum is online. They can watch the curriculum. I've recorded my coaching calls so they can see the coaching calls. Right now in June, it's kind of fun because I'm doing the, all the live coaching calls. I'm doing them live. So people get to actually see me in person, which is super cool right now. But one way to scale is now that it's evergreen, people can take it anytime. And so that's one one really great thing. And then I would love to just partner with more people. Like I could see a university that's now thinking about online education, thinking, deciding to say, hey, we're going to actually make this a course that we give all of our students and allow, or at least allow students to register for the course so that they can learn how to trade. Like how cool would that be? So it's, I, I do see growth in the future. I just don't know what the Lord has in store. So we'll see. And when you're traveling, are you traveling based on where your students are? Yes and no. So in the past, I did do like a little tour where I got to see many of my students. Like I was in New York. I got to see the students in um, Chicago, in Dallas. We did one. We did one in Atlanta. So Atlanta was huge. I didn't realize how many students I had in Atlanta. So I do travel to see them. But at the same time, I travel because I love to travel. So the next place where I'm going is I was supposed to be in Bali when COVID hit. So I just want to go travel, be on somebody's beach and trade socks and look at the water. I'm here for <laughs> yes. it. Yes. I'm here for it. <laughs> so what do you wish you knew about the stock market when you first started? That you when I first started, I wish that I knew you could make money on the way down. That's one myth that I think I had no idea. I, I always thought the only way to make money was to buy low and as the stocks went up, you could make money. But now I've learned that there's this whole other side of things that makes money on the way down and they make so much money and it's so fast because when the stock market does come down, it comes down really fast. So I think that's one thing I wish I knew that you could make money both ways, going up and down investing. And the, are those the calls and put? If you're so, if you're trading options, yes, those are um, puts, and you can sell calls. But also, you can do that with stocks. It's called shorting. So it's like you sell something high and then you buy it back low. So just imagine, like, okay, so like I have my remote in my hand, which it doesn't. <laughs> This, this this image is going to be kind of off, but say I went and sold this remote for $30 and then came back and bought it back on sale, maybe on Amazon for $20. Well, I sold it at $30, I have $30 of cash in my hand. I go buy it back at $20, I get to keep the $10 difference. So that's called shorting. You can do that in stocks. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. So I want to play a game. I'm, I'm going to change it a little bit since, you know, okay. it's got potential errors in it. Um, so I just will name some stocks that I've been looking at and just trying to learn from. And you can tell me if you're familiar with them. Does that make it sense? does. I might I might change up the rules, too, but just <laughs> we can we can try. Okay. No, what, no, what we can thinking? we can try it and we'll thinking? see what my answers are. But disclaimer, 
I am not a broker or a financial advisor. So all of my advice is for educational purposes only. I am not telling you what to invest in. So, okay, now let's roll. Yeah, and so if you've ever, if you're familiar with it, right? Not if you would invest in it, not if you want it or you don't want it, but if you're at least familiar okay. with it. I, w- I will say though, okay. I invest, so I have a watch list of about 30 companies that I follow like all the time. And those are the ones that I invest in often. So I may know of companies or not know of companies, but it's really because I I follow a small list of of companies. Or would you be comfortable with doing that? If I said like, do you invest in this company? (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, it's okay. I'm just I was trying to uh, maybe you know we can. It's it's fine. It's not. Maybe let's go by sectors. One of those trial and error things that clearly is not going to work for various, at least this field. Yeah. Let's go. Maybe Um, we could go by sectors. Like I can give some advice on different sectors. So like that's what I said. Let's try it, and then I'll 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 tailor my answer to what I can and can't say. Okay. So MGM. Okay. So one thing of advice I would give on all of the hotel and hospitality industries, you want to be careful. Um, They dropped a lot with coronavirus and then lately they've been coming back up, but you still got to remember that they're still not necessarily going to be making money. So we need to see what this reopen will look like to see if they actually start building their, their balance sheets. For example, I think about Boeing and I've made a lot of money on Boeing recently. Like, Honestly, I've made hundreds of thousands in the last week off of Boeing. However, I know that Boeing still has not had any orders. The last few months since COVID, it didn't have any new airplane orders, which is un like you can't sustain a business if you don't have new revenue. So I know that although it's coming up, it, that run can't be sustained. So I, I want people to just be careful when they're starting to reinvest in the hospitality industry. So that's airlines, cruise lines. Go with what the market's giving you. If it's going up, go with it. But just be careful to know that it could drop again because the underlying business model is is hurting. Okay, waste management. Waste management. So I think that anything that is a good company that, so anything that's an essential service is still a good business to think about. So for example, if you're looking at uh, waste management or telephones, there's a lot of things that no matter what they keep, you still have to use. So I think that those industries are still worth looking at, but then um, I don't follow that stock in particular. So I'd have to look at its chart to see if it's a good time to invest right now. And have you ever heard of, or are you familiar with Denver? No, I'm not. I haven't heard of them. Okay. One more. Facebook. So Facebook (laughs) along with the FANGS. So FANGS is an acronym that uh, Jim Cramer on CNBC made up, but a lot of other people use it. So it's Facebook, Apple. Well, and sometimes I interchange Apple with Amazon, Netflix, Google. So those are like the big um, technology companies. Many times they are the like the front runners of the the market. So if you see how Amazon is doing, you also know how the Dow and the S and P and the Nasdaq are going to be doing that day because they like they're they just run run it. They're so big. 
Um, I think that those companies have done really well during COVID and coronavirus, and they're going to continue to do well. But I do think that many of them are getting towards their highs. So be careful that you're not investing in stocks that are at their highs because you have FOMO, which is fear of missing out. So you're like, oh, my God, the market's at all time highs and I wasn't in it. So now I need to get in now. But it's the highs. You you missed it. So just be careful not to do that. Um, I do know that Google is going through some lawsuit stuff. Facebook may be going through some different things with the whole racism stuff. But I will say, don't let your emotions impact what the company is actually doing. A lot of times we may think that a company is is not doing well or we don't like what they've done, but that doesn't mean that their balance sheet is going to be impacted. If they're still making money, then they're still a good company to invest in. Terry? Yep, I'm oh. here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, the last thing I heard was the balance sheet. Can you just repeat that last part? Oh, sure. So the um, even though we may um, emotionally feel that a company is not doing something that we like, or maybe maybe they are doing something that we like, I just want to make sure that people aren't investing based on emotions. You got to make sure that you're investing based on their balance sheet and what they what that company actually is doing. If the company is doing well, despite anything else going on in the economy, you can still invest in them. Um, so you just need to be be careful not to just invest by our emotions, but actually what the stock is saying or what the chart is saying. And this is kind of piggybacking off of that. But what three pieces of advice would you give to the listeners on trading as a whole? Hmm. Three pieces of advice that I would give to the listeners on trading, I think. One piece of advice would be definitely trade based on what the chart says and not based on your emotions. We definitely saw that come true with coronavirus. Although the economy was all in their houses, although people were losing jobs and the unemployment rate was rising, the stock market was still rising too. And I want people to know that like sometimes your emotions will not fit the market. Oftentimes your emotions will not fit the market. So you got to invest based on what the chart actually says. So that's one piece of advice. Another piece of advice is I definitely want you to invest in good companies. Don't try to pick cheap companies because you're not investing a lot of money. So the companies you pick should not be based on just the amount of money that you're investing. So, for example, what do I mean by that? I think somebody who has $2,000 in their account, they would do better investing in one share of Amazon than they would investing in 2,000 shares of a penny stock that is not good. I'd rather you invest in a healthy company that's going to move consistently in the right direction and actually can give you, you know, one share of Amazon can move. Sometimes it moves like $100 in a day. That's not all the time, but even $20 in a day. Can you imagine if your one share is giving you $20 of profit every day? Like that's huge. That's actually more income than the market, like that, that percentage. So I want people to not think so much on their bank account, but actually like, try to save towards good companies. So that'd be one other piece of advice. And then the, the last piece of advice is I definitely think before you start trading, you should take a class. So of course, I'm going to say take my trade and travel class, um, go to investwithdairy.com, check us out. But I definitely think you got to get educated. There's so many people who because Robinhood and 
E-Trade and all the other companies started going to zero commission. They just jumped in and started throwing money at the market. Without education, you have a very high probability of losing your money. So I'd rather you be educated, at least get some bearings before you start investing. And what's next for you? What's next for me? I, <laughs> I've i been working so much this year. I was supposed to be home for a month, off for a month, home for a month, and then like traveling all around the world. Like by now, I should have been in India and Bali and... <laughs> all these crazy places. So right now we have this initiative. The one thing that's getting me excited about my work, we have this initiative where we're helping a thousand people make a thousand dollars in a day. And that's a million dollars a day initiative. And I actually had a student text me today. He made $385,000 this last week. So I'm just like, well, dang, you just beat up, beat all the, (laughs) all the goals. But like, I'm excited about helping a thousand people make a thousand dollars in a day. Right now we've reached, I think we're at like 180 in our thousand dollar in a day club. So, and we've only been doing this for like the last three months or three months or so, probably since February. So four months. So I'm, I'm excited about seeing more and more people get onto that thousand dollar in a day. Cause that means they've like mastered the skill set of my trading strategy and they can actually start building wealth forever, like rest of their life with this skill set. So that's that's what's next for me, helping to reach that million dollar in a day, Mark. And tell the listeners where they can find you. And this will also be in the show notes for people who don't get it. Sure. So I have a free webinar that talks about my trading plan and how to make $1,000 in a day at itradeandtravel.com. So itradeandtravel.com. And then if you're wanting to know more about the course itself, go to investwithterry.com. Thanks for listening to the Warrior Her podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another fun episode. Go like, subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Until next time, warriors, remember, girls really do run the world.